Welcome to the Time Out with Josh podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your day to join us. We are still looking for sponsors and uh, your suggestions for guests. So make sure you hit us up on the Instagram page, Time Out with Josh on Instagram, and let us know if you want to be a sponsor, um, whatever level you want to sponsor at. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll do some work with you on that. And then also the guests. Make your guest suggestions. Tag your guests on um, the page. Uh, send them to us. Let them know that they can definitely message us and let us know that they want to be on the show. And we can uh, we can do that. So we're going to dive right in. We're going to dive right in. <clears throat> holy, holy freaking football, Batman. All right? So let's talk about this for a second. There's a, there's a bunch of stuff going on. Let's break down... Um, Let's break down the NFL first. All right, let's go with there's a there's a bunch of stuff going on. Um, you know, we've got the Ravens moving into the top seed in the uh, <coughs> in the AFC. Um, I mean, they they had what could arguably be God one of the most uh, disgusting games on on the offensive side for them. I mean, I've got. I've got Lamar Jackson as, as one of my two quarterbacks in my league. Um, scored a measly 11.4 points, one of the worst games that he's had. Um, 165 passing yards, uh, one touchdown, four, count them, four, folks, four interceptions. Um, he did have 17 rushing attempts for 68 yards, which is typical to him. Um, you know, he found his targets with, with uh his tight end mark andrews um he definitely did that he had 10 targets four receptions 65 yards um and then you know brown had his 10 targets but seriously absolutely disgusting win but they won that's that's they're going for tonight um you guys will be listening to this later but tonight we've got the seahawks in washington um that's a hard pick on who's going to win that one the washington football team or um, or the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, neither team has played well. Um, they've had little sparks of of good play, but I'm actually looking for the Seahawks to win this one. Um, it's an even matchup. I mean, it's Vegas is calling this even, but I'm I'm looking for the win to uh to come out of Seattle on that one for sure. Let's go. Let's go and talk about this. Remember the very first show that I did about football. And I said that I did not believe Cam Newton was all that. I said it. I said that I didn't think he was the answer there. I think he feels better being at Carolina, but it was a flash. It was a flash and pain. He was going to have a game or two that were good, and then after that, it was going to be it. And sure as hell enough, <clears throat> the boy is benched. <laughs> they bench him. Um, the... The problem that Carolina has right now is is definitely no standout quarterback. It, it's just a nightmare. Having said that, just down the road from them, Jacksonville is having a nightmare with Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence has been a nightmare for Jacksonville. Not just Trevor Lawrence. The coaching. Coaching's been a nightmare for Jacksonville. But it's, it's a nightmare. It is a complete nightmare. Um, 
Trevor Lawrence is is not a great quarterback. He will never be a great quarterback. I will put it on record now saying that he won't be a great quarterback. It's just, yeah, it's just a bad situation. Cam Jones did a great job again at New England. I think he's going to be a really good quarterback. I don't think he's going to be a great one, but I think he's going to be a really good one. He's playing like a bat out of hell on his rookie year. As far as rookie quarterbacks go, he's having it. I mean, he's doing it. Um, the Bears are doing exactly what I thought would happen with Justin Fields. Um, putting him in too early, him not being a big-time game manager and not being able to learn and things like that. I think he I think he wants to learn. I think he has the drive to learn. I think he has a passion for the game. No question about it. Um, but he's one of those quarterbacks that needs – a year or two on the bench learning. And he just got, he got thrown into a bad situation with Andy Dalton going down. Andy Dalton comes back and he shows more leadership ability. Is Andy Dalton an answer for Chicago? No, not at all. Is he a short-term, you know, band-aid? A hundred percent. I I agree he is. Um, You know, it's just, it's just one of those things. It's just bad. Uh, I don't know how many of you guys watched the Vikings, San Francisco 49ers game. Um, Kurt Cousins lost that game. Um, I really believe Kurt Cousins lost that game. Um, you know, it's few moments left in the end of the game and he lines up under his right guard instead of his center on, on a fourth down, huge, huge problem there. Huge problem. Um, that was bad. Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson throws an interception off of his receiver's back. Like this is the kind of, I mean, this, this was not the week for quarterbacks overall. Um, (laughs) the one that I I mean, oh my God, you want a repeat of last year. You want a repeat of last year for Pittsburgh, but with a different team. The Bengals, the Cincinnati Bengals sweep the almighty Pittsburgh Steelers. Sweep the Steelers. The Steelers have a very potent defense. But the man at the helm, Ben Roethlisberger, is, God, he is just, he's falling apart. He's falling apart. Um, the Panthers have another blow to them. Talk about falling apart. The Panthers have another blow to them. McCaffrey is done for the year because of his ankle. That's it. He's done for the year. Uh, Dalvin Cook is out probably for a couple of games at least with a dislocated shoulder. Um, you know, there, there's some issues. Uh, the Browns right tackle Conklin is out for the rest of the season. Um, Jags tight end Arnold is on the IR because of a knee injury. Um, I, I I mean, it's just, it's just ruthless. And then you have some standouts like Leonard Fournette's tor- uh, four touchdowns. Um, if it hadn't been for Fournette, um, that had been, that was going to be a bad situation for, for Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay finds a way to win. Um, they always find a way to win. It's just one of those things, you know, when you think they're down and out, they're not down and out. Um, they're, they're not, uh, but definitely the, the Colts exposed 
a, a fair amount of issues that they have on their offensive line. The Colts exposed a lot of issues, period. So I'll give it to the Colts on that one. Um, the Chiefs, the the big question is right now, are they are they getting better? Are they are they riding that ship and are they getting better um in the in the in the interim right now? Going looking towards the postseason, are they getting better? Um I don't really know. I think it's gonna be left to stand uh to see what happens with that. But um I, I will say this. Uh I, I'll I'll say what I said before about Patrick Mahomes. He gets in his head. If that game is going sour, if any game is going sour, Patrick Mahomes seems to be getting frustrated. Unlike he has in the past, he's getting frustrated and he's letting it get to him. Um the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I put them with Green Bay as far as like that that clock better have triple zeros. Once the clock has triple zeros, then I know for a fact that the game is over. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers buried the Rams. The Rams are a phenomenal team. I think they they have shown that they have really good, um, really good play, but they're they're struggling as of late. They're, they're having some struggles. Um, and Arizona has become the team that has stepped up and said, look, we're going to, we're going to play. I mean, Arizona's nine and two, man. Arizona's nine and two. Tampa Bay is eight and three. The Dallas Cowboys are seven and four. Green Bay is nine and three. Um, Tennessee is still, even without Derrick Henry, Tennessee is still sitting up at the top at eight and four in their division. Um, Kansas City seven and four. So again, have they righted the ship? Chargers are only one game behind them. At six and five, they're only one game behind them. Um, the Broncos are right there at six and five, and the Raiders are at six and five. The AFC West is up for grabs. That's one hundred percent sure. Um, New England is up one game on the Bills. Um, you know, the Bills are at seven and four, and then you have a then you have a jump a little bit uh, between Miami and then obviously the the basement dwelling New York Jets. Um, Baltimore Ravens are eight and three still. Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> they they leapfrogged over the the Browns. Um, the Browns are six and six, and then obviously the Steelers five five and one. But the Baltimore Ravens are still very much in control in their their AFC North division. Um, again, Tennessee is in control at eight and four, and then the Colts are six and six. The Colts almost having that win over Tampa Bay, I think, is going to to spark them. I think you're going to see a spark with the Colts. Um, I really do, especially when you've got the Titans losing two games in a row. The Colts are are tasting blood in the water. I mean, they're they're kind of like, okay, we can do this. Uh, Houston obviously sucks. Jacksonville Jaguars suck. Um, they're they just they're they're horrible. Um, Kansas City is on a four game winning streak. Have they righted the strip? Have they righted that ship? Um, I I think so. Uh, like I said, it will it will left to be stood. Whether uh, you know, test of time whether Patrick Mahomes gets upset and angry and gets frustrated, and that frustration comes out on his team. But dude, they're on a four-game winning streak at seven and four. Um, the Chargers are are hanging in there at six and five. Um, they did lose their last game, like I said, but they're hanging in there. The Broncos are trying to, and the the Raiders are trying to. That's a hard division right now. Um, I think it's hard for the Chargers, the Broncos, and the Raiders to try to overtake the Chiefs. With the Chiefs riding a four-game win streak, um, but dude, I mean that's difficult. You got three teams 
that are all six and five. You've got the Chargers dropping a game and then the Broncos and the Raiders winning to get to six and five, which is pretty phenomenal. You got Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles, Washington, and the Giants. Now, the Giants are four and seven, Washington's four and six. I don't see either one of those teams doing anything, but maybe, maybe, maybe playing spoiler. Uh, Washington's on a two-game winning streak. Um, that doesn't mean much. I mean, you only had two wins, and now you have four. Whatever. Um, Philadelphia Eagles are five and seven. Um, again, maybe a spoiler team, but the Dallas Cowboys are. I, I think the Dallas Cowboys are a lock for the NFC East, no question. NFC North belongs to Green Bay. Um, Bears suck this year. Detroit Lions suck the worst of all teams at no wins, 10 losses. They just suck. Um, they're horrible. Uh, and they have one tie. Um, but they suck. They, they're absolutely horrendous. Um, if, if any team goes in there and doesn't beat Detroit the way they are acting and the way they're playing right now, I, I, I'm going to just say, look, you, you put in your backups or you went to sleep. You were not trying. Minnesota Vikings are playing spoiler. Um, obviously, they play spoiler against Green Bay. Um, so I see the Minnesota Vikings playing spoiler, but the NFC North belongs to the Green Bay. Green Bay is clicking on all cylinders. They are firing. They're they're killing it. They're doing a great job. Tampa Bay, um, again, I'll claim the lock on Tampa Bay for the NFC South. I don't see Atlanta, especially New Orleans, with the injuries that they've suffered Carolina Panthers with no defined quarterback and Atlanta Falcons playing lethargic football. Um, yeah, they did win, but it's lethargic football uh, at five and six. I don't see them doing anything. Uh, Tampa's eight and three. Everybody else is five, six, five, seven. Um, Carolina's five and seven. NFC West. Uh, this one's the one that I am not 100% sure about. Um, Arizona Cardinals are nine and two. Um, the Rams have lost three. They are seven and four. Can the Rams right the ship? Do I think Stafford is the answer for the Rams? Yeah, I do. I actually think Stafford works well on the West coast. Um, I think Odell Beckham jr. Is, I mean, I, I have not been impressed with his play. I like that. He got targeted more yesterday. You know, he, he, he received more targets than what he had. I think that he's learning the system, but I think Odell, has an attitude problem and I don't know how well that's going to work. San Francisco is a, is a spoiler. They're six and five. They're riding a win streak. Um, they're, they're playing. Um, I mean, Seattle sucks. Uh, Seattle's basement three and seven over there. So I legitimately think that Arizona, if they keep up their play <coughs> locks in the NFC West, I think they do. But the Rams definitely could play spoiler to that. They could take. They could play spoiler. The Rams are one and two within the division, and the Cardinals are four and zero within the division. That right there should tell you something. When you're in your division and you are four and zero, that's phenomenal. Uh, your conference, you're five and two. Your division, you're four and zero. Your away games, you're six and zero. Your losses have come at home. That's amazing. Um, that's absolutely amazing. Um, there, if I'm not mistaken, there is no team that, um, other than new England, uh, I don't think there's any other team that has a winning away record. Um, 
or a sweeping away record rather they you know other teams have winning records away but a sweeping uh, a sweep yeah and i'm looking at it right now all right so new england is five and oh baltimore at the top of the division are three and two tennessee's four and two kansas city's three and two dallas is three and two green bay's four and three tampa's three and three and arizona six and oh so the the best away teams right now are new england at five and oh and uh Arizona at six and oh that's strong you're playing in another you're playing in another stadium you're not playing at home that's the hard way to play um I mean that's just that's phenomenal Green Bay is the only uh along with Tampa Bay are the only two teams that are undefeated at home so it's going to be interesting it's going to be interesting seeing this um I don't I don't know what it uh what it entails and what it looks like right now in the AF, uh, the AFC, Baltimore is the number one seed. Um, New England's number two. Tennessee's the number three. Kansas City's the number four seed. Number five is the Bengals. Then, um, then you go, you know, Buffalo, Los Angeles, Raiders. Um, there's some scenarios. New England basically. Um, there's there's tie break situations. There's there's a bunch of stuff going on. It's still a little too early to call this stuff. But I mean, obviously, we've still got another month of football to play, um, like of some hard games. There's some there's some difficult games coming up. Um, Arizona is number one seed, and they're uh, in the in the NFC. Green Bay is number two. Tampa is number three. Dallas is number four, and the Rams are number five. Uh, San Francisco is number six. Then you get into tie breaks down there. The harder division to play in right now, in my opinion, is the NFC just. For the simple fact that you got nine and two, nine and three, and eight and three team at the top, um, AFC you've got an eight and three, eight and four, eight and four, and seven and four at the top, and anybody can get in in the AFC as long as they're playing. Anybody can get in in the AFC. Um, it just the the NFC is just the NFC is just rough, man. It, it is rough. So there's like I said, there's a lot of stuff going on there. There's a lot of things happening. There's, you know, rumors and talks of of different uh, coaches possibly moving around um, or being fired. Belichick is is being questioned um, as the coach of the year, possibly. I mean, you got a rookie quarterback. You got, you know, you got a winning season. You're at the top division. Why not? Um, I can see that argument. I don't like Belichick but I can see that argument. So there's a, there's a lot going on there. There is a whole lot going on. And I think with uh, some things happening, like uh, we should be seeing Derrick Henry back before the end of the year, that could boost Tennessee. That could really be a shot in the arm that they need. So we'll see what happens. Um, we'll definitely see what happens. So let's jump over to the good old NCAA, the NCAA freaking A for a second here. So, um, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, USC, Florida, and LSU are all dealing with coaching changes. All right. All of us, all of us are dealing with those coaches. When I say us, I'm a, I'm a Gator. So like I said before, um, so we know Lincoln Riley is leaving Oklahoma for USC. Um, Florida fires Dan Mullen and LSU, um, announced that Ed, uh, Oregon will not return after the season. I, I like seeing that he, he won. Um, that was pretty cool. Uh, his last game winning, that's, that's a pretty, pretty cool thing. But, um, 
Lincoln Riley is probably my biggest, like, what? Um, going to USC, leaving Oklahoma and going to USC, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Um, I mean, obviously, recruits feel about it because they lost two commits. Um, they lost two more commits. There's a lot going on, man. You got Texas and Oklahoma talking about coming to the SEC. You know the SEC is going to to court them, and they're going to come over there. Um, but my God, uh, what a what a weird um, what a weird situation. What an absolute weird situation. So that one's that one's a that one's a pretty big one. Um, I don't know. I it's going to be. Uh, I'm going to look this up here really quick. I want to see how many they did lose. Um, uh, let's see. So we're, we're going to, we're going to look at, uh, we're going to be looking at a bunch of different situations in Oklahoma. They're losing commits. They, they, they stayed in the top 25. We know that they're going to end up with a decent bowl, but what, what does that do to them? You know, what is, what does this whole situation do to Oklahoma? Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be sad. It's going to be a sad state of affairs, seeing what's going on. Um, so the big thing for Florida, we got Billy Napier. I don't know. I don't know. Um, He's not a big college coach, which could be good. He's a Raging Cajuns coach, or former Raging Cajuns coach now. Um, he's 39-12 and 12 in uh, Louisiana Lafayette. Um, he's had three 10-win seasons, four straight in the Sun Belt West Division. It, it's going to be interesting. I mean, this guy's got an attitude. He's younger. He's got an attitude. He's more animated. He's he's kind of got a little bit of that Steve Spurrier attitude to him. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, he's he's about to come to the big time. You're coming to the biggest conference in college football. You're you're ooh, some, and they'll talk about stuff um, about him, and and there will be the there'll be the big you know. Hey, look, this is our new coach and, you know, stuff like that. But Strickland, um, Strickland flat out said that our, our athletic coordinator said that, um, he said that I've, and I, I'm going to quote him here. I followed and studied Billy Napier's career with interest and he became the primary target immediately after this, uh, after this position came open. So there was no... I, I don't know if you guys remember, I, I talked about talking to Stoops, um, but with the exit at Oklahoma, Stoops looks like he's the shoe in there and he'll stay there. I, I fully expect him to stay there. Um, but, you know, he went on to talk about it. He said, Billy's ability to bring highly talented people together, players, coaches, and staff, along with his vision for having a strong relationship-based culture is what made him such an attractive choice. That's the one thing that Florida has had an issue with is that camaraderie and team spirit for a while. 
and he added uh, he added on. I'll continue on this quote. Um, add in how detailed his plan is for player development, staff, and recruiting, along with sustained desire to improve. Um, and it's an easy to see why he'll be successful. Napier was under Nick Saban twice, 2011 and 13 through 16. Um, and he was uh, Dabo Sweeney's um, at, uh, underneath him in 2009, 2010. He was Sweeney's first offensive coordinator and quarterback coach after they worked together um, under uh, Tommy Bowden's Clemson staff. So he's got, he's got the, he's got the experience. I mean, you, you got a guy that's, that's, coached and are some good coaches um i mean he's gonna come at a cost it's a three million dollar buyout um with uh louisiana lafayette um is the second time he's been hired or second time strickland's hired a coach um he fired mullen and that was a 12 million or 12 million dollar buyout so you're looking at 15 million bucks just to even get him in to florida now this is going to be the fourth head coach in eight seasons. Fourth head coach in eight seasons. That's a lot of upheaval. So we're gonna see where that goes. We'll we'll see what happens there. Um, we're gonna we're gonna look at um, the playoff picture here for a second, and and we're gonna talk about that because obviously that was shenaniganry. Um, Michigan beating the tar out of Ohio State. And when I say beating the tar out of them, they beat the ever-loving snot out of them. I had said Georgia was going to win. Georgia won. I said Alabama was going to win. Alabama won. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, obviously, Alabama, Georgia, Georgia's 99% in. Alabama is 59% in. Um, looks like... Um, the teams that they've got kind of up there are BYU and less 1%, OSU at 32% at 11 and 1, BYU at 10 and 2. They're giving Cincinnati 12 and 0, 74%. I don't like it. I don't like it. Um, yes, Cincinnati is 12 and 0. But dude, I mean, what a weak schedule. And Cincy fans are going to come out and kill me uh, for that one. Uh, less than 1%. Iowa, Michigan, 72%. Of course, they should be in. Oregon's less than 1%. Utah is less than 1%. Pitt, Wake Forest, all less less than 1%. But it looks like the teams that are headed there are definitely Alabama, definitely Georgia. Um, and then uh, the next one in would be Michigan and then Cincinnati. I still put Michigan 11-1 over Cincinnati. If Cincinnati gets in, I put it at... Georgia, uh, if Alabama loses to Georgia, um, I put it at Georgia, Michigan, Alabama, Cincinnati. Um, if Alabama beats Georgia, I put it at still Georgia number one, um, because they would be they would be twelve and one. Alabama would be twelve and one, but Georgia's season, I would still put Georgia at um, number one. I doubt that that will happen. I bet Alabama goes up to that because they beat the top team. So what I foresee happening, take my opinion out of it. What I foresee happening is Alabama, then Georgia, then Michigan, then Cincinnati. That's the way I see that going down. I don't 
I, I mean, it's again, we're 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 coming up on championship week and that's going to be the determining factor. Uh, championship week is is going to be big this year. Um, I mean, you got number one, number two team in the nation being the uh, being the being the big boys that are at the top of the SEC. So um, we'll see what happens. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. It's going to be crazy to see how that breaks down. Uh, the West is owned by the Hawkeyes right now. The East in the Big Ten is owned by the Michigan Wolverines, then Buckeyes number two. Um, the Conference USA, who cares? Uh, Mid-American Conference. Uh, again, small conference. Nobody's really done anything. Um, the Mountain West Conference, again, nobody has really done anything. I mean, you have nothing coming out of there. The Pac-12, you've got the Ducks, um, and you've got uh, Utah. Again, nothing significant. The East, uh, for the SEC, the East was brutal. Um, You've got Georgia, then Kentucky, Tennessee, Missouri, South Carolina, Florida, and then Vandy. Um, Tennessee Volunteers had a better year than Florida. That just disgusts me. Uh, Kentucky at 9-3. I don't remember the last time that happened. Uh, the West is stacked, though. You've got Alabama um, in the SEC. You've got Alabama, Ole Miss. Ole Miss is ten and two. They're ranked number nine. Uh, Arkansas is eight and four. They're ranked twenty fifth. Uh, Belt has got nobody. Um, and then uh, let's go back up here really quick. Um, the Independence Notre Dame is ranked sixth. BYU is thirteen in the nation. <coughs> The Irish at eleven and one. I don't know how they couldn't get into uh, bowl stuff. Um, you know, higher up. Honestly, I would. I still, still would put Notre Dame in the BCS if it was me. If it was me. If it ended today, today is it. It's over. It's done. Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, or Georgia. Michigan, Alabama, something of that nature. And then your last spot in there is Notre Dame. I think Notre Dame has played a harder schedule um, and has played a more difficult schedule than um, than Sensity. And I think they deserve to be there. Um, obviously, we know the Buckeyes are out of it. The Buckeyes got squashed. They're 10-2. and two. They got smoked. Uh, Michigan smoked them. That's not going to be good for football and good for the view. So we'll see what happens tonight. We'll see how it goes. Um, we'll see what's going on with that. So there's our football uh, for the the football for the show. Um, let's hop over really quick here. I saw some stuff coming across the boards and across the lines and wires and whatnot like that um, on baseball. So let's get into baseball. Yeah. Is it too early for baseball, Josh? Dude, it's not even fucking into the year. Like what the hell? Yeah, it, it could be, but, but the Mets and Scherzer agreed to a $130 million contract. The Mets and Scherzer agreed to $130 million contract. Dodgers wave goodbye to Matt Scherzer. He is gone. He is gone. So that's going to be interesting. Um, so we're gonna, we're gonna see, we're gonna see what that looks like. We're gonna, we're gonna see what happens with the Mets. Obviously they're trying to compete with Atlanta. They know they have to, it's just going to happen. So 
Um, Atlanta beating Houston in six games. It's offseason. Let's go. Let's talk about this for a second. <clears throat> so November 7th has passed. That was qualifying offers to free agents. Um, they can sign with any team. Um, November 9th was the GM meetings in California. November 17th, the deadlines for free agents to accept or reject offers. Uh, December 1st, that's what's coming up here. Um, Non-tender deadline. Um, That's a big one. And then the collective bargaining agreement expires at midnight on December 1st. Uh, December 6th through 9th is the winter meetings. The 14th is arbitration and exchange salary figures and stuff. And then the 31st is arbitration hearings. Um, so let's, let's take a look at some of these things here for, first of all, I think one of the biggest free agents out there that's, that's up for grabs, um, is Freddie Freeman. I think he's a huge free agent. Uh, I think that's a, that's a big, big, big deal. Um, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Uh, I would love to see Atlanta retain him. I think he is Atlanta baseball. He's been great for Atlanta and he loves Atlanta. So I would like to see him retain there. Um, like I said, Matt Scherzer and the Mets went for a $130 million contract. Um, that's huge. Uh, it's they, he surpasses Garrett Cole for the average annual salary, um, at 43.3 million. Um, Garrett Cole was at 36. Um, he's the oldest player in major league baseball history to sign a hundred million dollar contract, which is nuts. Um, they're really, they're putting, they're putting a lot of, putting a lot of weight on them there. Um, putting a lot of weight on good old Matt Scherzer. So we'll see, we'll see what happens with that. Um, you know, you're going to be playing, you know, cold part of the season in the first part of the season. And then, and then it's going to be, then it's going to be, uh, then it's going to be, you know, warm and then it's going to be cold again. So Scherzer's no young cat. We'll see how that how that applies. So our big free agents, the notable free agents that are out there. Um, Javier Baez, shortstop for the Mets. Chris Bryant, third base of the Giants. I see Chris Bryant going back to Chicago. Uh, Nick Castellanos, right field for the Reds. I have no idea where he ends up. Uh, Michael Conforto with the Mets. I think he ends up ultimately staying with the Mets. Carlos Correa at shortstop with the Astros. I think Carlos Correa is trying to hold out for big money. Um, I mean, American League champions, he just wants money. Uh, Freddie Freeman, first base, Atlanta Braves. I swear to God, if he does not say in Atlanta, I'm going to be shocked. Um, the only other place I want to see that man go is Boston, and I'm a huge Boston Red Sox fan, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, Kevin Guzman um, with the Giants, Clayton Kershaw with the Dodgers, both are... Uh, free agents, Starling Marte uh, with the Athletics. I don't know where he ends up. Um, there's some needs at center field across Major League Baseball right now. I don't know where he goes. Anthony Rizzo with the Yankees. Either Chris Bryant or Anthony Rizzo will go back to Chicago. I don't think both of them do. One or the other does. I If Anthony Rizzo goes back to Chicago, Chris Bryant ends up going to the Phillies. He wants to play with... Or he, he wants to play with Bryce Harper. Let's let's call it what it is. That's one of his best buds. He wants to play there. If Anthony or if um, Freddie Freeman leaves the Braves, I can see Anthony Rizzo going to Atlanta. That could happen. Kyle Schwarber, 
Utility outfielder, first baseman uh, with the Red Sox is up for grabs. Kyle Schwarber had a kind of resurgence a little bit with Boston. Matt Scherzer is done. We already saw that. Corey Seager with a shortstop with the Dodgers. Trevor Story, shortstop with the Rockies. And Marcus Stroman is a starting pitcher with the Mets. I don't know if Stroman stays with the Mets with the kind of money that that um, that was given over to uh, to attract, if you will, uh, Max Scherzer. But we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens there. So those are those are the big those are the big huge things that have happened um, in Major League Baseball. Like I said, they came across the line, and I was like, "Whoo, this should be interesting." Um, Blue Jays are talking, possibly rumors are uh, Guzman will go to the Blue Jays to round out their rotation. Um, they could. They could. Uh, I think the Yankees are, are struggling a little bit, and they're seeing that, hey, we could go there. Um, so who knows? Who knows? Um, uh, Seager, I mean, who knows? Seager could go to the Yankees. You get a switch from the West Coast to the East Coast and moving teams. But um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, there is the Mets – added Starling Marte. I'm sorry, I missed that. The Mets added Starling Marte. Uh, interesting. The Mets are obviously gunning for Atlanta in the East. They are gunning for Atlanta in the East. So that's what's going on there. Let's hop over to hockey for a hot second. There's some news coming out of hockey. I want to talk about that for a hot second before we end this podcast. And uh, and we'll we'll move on from there and, and tell you guys what's going on. So, um... Canadians, uh, Montreal Canadiens, um, you know, are, are GMless. They're looking for a GM. Um, they're they're going to be doing some stuff there. There's a lot of stuff happening. Um, the one that is got me all sorts of what is the fact that the owners of the Red Sox are actually have a deal on the play on table to buy the penguins the pittsburgh penguins that's going to be interesting very very interesting that's the one that i saw that i was like holy crap what is going on here um it's one of those weird weird situations i know that Major League owners, and when I say Major League, you know, NFL, NHL, baseball, whatever, have been known to purchase multiple teams. Um, But the, the crazy, crazy, crazy part about that whole situation is, is that one of the biggest, most expensive baseball teams is looking to buy the Pittsburgh Penguins. A team that just rolls in money and spends money is using their pull, whatever it is, to buy the Penguins. That is massive. And it's not like the Penguins are are bad this year. I mean, they're 10-7. and Um, You know, they're, they're at 22 points in the Atlantic Eastern Conference. Behind and the Maple Leafs at 33. 
So they're right in the middle of the right in the middle of uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm looking at the wrong one here. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Guys, don't kill me. Washington Capitals at 20 at 33. Penguins are at 24 points. 10 and 7. Um, wow. Wow. Just wow. It's 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 crazy. Uh, I don't I don't know how to feel about it. Um, it's kind of a monopoly situation, but hey, you know. It is what it is. It is what it is. So um, we'll, we'll see what comes down the line on it. We'll we'll see what happens, and we'll go from there. Um, you guys are amazing. I appreciate you guys' follows and likes and shares of the podcast. You guys are outstanding human beings. I will be doing the next podcast um, that's coming up here. As again, like we did before, it's going to be that like menagerie podcast where we talk about a bunch of different stuff. This one was about sports, talking mostly football, a little bit of baseball in there because, you know, we got a little spring fever, a little, little spring fever coming up on uh, that the cold times of the year and uh, a little bit of hockey because of that weird, weird buyout that's just nuts. So I hope you guys have a wonderful day. I hope you have a great time. Again, we're still looking for those sponsors. If you know of any, or if you know of any guests, have them hit us up on Time Out with Josh on Instagram. You guys are fantastic. I love you guys. You guys are amazing. Thanks for making this podcast out freaking standing. You guys are awesome. We'll see you next time on the next podcast. Until then, stay frosty, my friends.